the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. The governor said right here, feeble fascist pig. Why would he go to Texas? You're suing Texas. Texas has secured its border, which is why you went to Brownsville, because you're a coward. Why not go to California that not only shares your corruption, but shares your incompetent philosophy of treason? He's a sellout to China, too. Why not focus on exactly who started the problem, how it got here? Maybe that's why Abbott sat with the winner of the 2020 election. The only candidate in the race. Mentally fit enough to stand trial. Donald Trump. A majority of Biden's executive orders revolve around immigration, DACA protections, reinstated, travel ban to seven Muslim-majority countries, lifted, expansion of immigration enforcement, stopped, construction of the border wall, halted, deferrals of deportations for Liberians, extended, an order excluding undocumented immigrants from the census, rescinded. The- Three and a half years later, complete chaos we know we, we have a guesstimate 15 million people and how many low-life wretched scumbag murderer rapist robbers untold amounts untold amounts and this is the plan why because you could tie it to spending and the republicans say oh, okay they didn't use one second not one dollar for any leverage in the meantime who is tied in the spending bill the oligarch frontman, the ballerina, Zelensky. This is what it's all about. So he can pay off hundreds of billions to a corrupt gangster government he's been in bed with since he was the vice president. We need to survive. That means that everything, what we decided, where we have contracts or aid, it has to come in time. That- I got your aid right here, traitor, scumbag, lowlife. Front man for Ihor Kolomoisky, because this is all it's about. It's always only about the fracking money. Because if it was about the facts, they would listen to the Border Patrol Union head, Brandon Judd. You would listen to him. He didn't come crossing the river. What we expected, and the reason why Border Patrol agents are so upset about this visit is because he's not going to any location where he's going to be able to evaluate what he needs to do. What are the policies? What are the programs that need to go into place? And he's not going to be able to do that in Brownsville. If he would have went to San Diego, if he would have went to Tucson, if he would have come out here to Eagle Pass, if he would have went to the trouble locations, um, he would. You know, Squirrel, I really think the defense for this should be they don't have the koala changing tables big enough to hold an adult. That's why he couldn't go there. 
would have been able to get get a little bit uh, more understanding and evaluate the situation to come up with it. He's not going to do that. He can't do that. He's repeatedly said that he doesn't have executive authority to control this. And if he turned around and he did something today, then everybody would would recognize that the past three years are all All he has to do is embrace Greg Abbott and what he did. Instead, he sued him. Do you realize what a big deal it is, Squirrel? To have a governor say, right here, you fracking idiot. Do you know what a big idea it is? Greg Abbott just gave Joe Biden, Washington, D.C., and every Democrat the finger. And we all should. Not just because the result is 130,000 people dead from a Chinese communist drug that they work in conjunction with cartels to distribute to Americans. But because they're murdering our little girls. Yeah, everything changed under, under President Biden. The way we patrol the border, our operations have changed. The way we vet people has changed. The way we process people through the system has changed. Everything that we do has changed under this administration. And, and it's not about enforcement. It's about getting people into this country as quickly as they possibly can. And so we've become extremely efficient at doing that. And we're all sick of it because we know that if this administration would do what is necessary, we wouldn't have the deaths that we have in this country. Not just Lake and Riley. Look at all of the fentanyl poisonings that we're, we're seeing in the United States. We could stop that if we had the proper policy. He won't give it to us because his open border base won't let him. Here is a Mexican-American who has a business on the border. A Mexican-American, and he's just as disgusted as me and you. He didn't come crossing the river. So maybe he should have crossed the river like everybody else. And he would have been given a phone and a check and... A bus ride, you know what I mean? You see the buses over here at the hotel? You get a phone, you get a check, you get a bus ride, you get a hotel room, you get nifty shoes, and you get the sympathy and the protection of the American government outside of the money of the American taxpayers. So see, it doesn't really matter what pigmentation your skin is. All of us are in the same boat of being robbed by our very government that refuses to do its only obligation to us. It's only one enforce the laws. President Trump is going down to the border because he wants to go down there. That's what it is. And uh, President Biden is going down because he has to. You know, for the for the last three uh, years, he's been saying that the border is secure, that there is no issues. Obviously, everyone in America knows that that is a complete lie. And from day one of this, I wish this I, I, I wish this guy was right. I wish this guy was right. Do you know how many morons do not know what Joe Biden's first act on his first day? A majority of Biden's executive orders revolve around immigration, DACA protections, reinstated, travel ban to seven Muslim-majority countries, lifted, expansion of immigration enforcement, stopped, construction of the border wall, halted, deferrals of deportations for Liberians, extended, an order excluding undocumented immigrants from the census, rescinded. The and that's the one that's the problem. Not just because they're stealing our money. The Democrat sewers always, always stole our money. It's because they'll rig the next election, which is why I don't hold any real optimism about the next election. We won the last one, and here we are. And the money flows to the corrupt scum. By the way, I don't know if I told you, Squirrel, Hyatt just had its seventh record quarter. You know Hyatt. That's the one that uh, a lard-ass Pritzker is an heiress to. 
the Hyatt fortune. He, uh, he, he, they just had their seventh largest quarter. We call it an asset light program where okay. we were selling down. Real, we had, we had two major drivers of our, of our, of our earnings. One was from real estate that we own hotels. Yep. And the other was from management and franchising, uh, hotels across the world. Now this clip is five minutes. He gets in there. Well, we've had a, we've had a lot of our rooms sell out. Oh, really? Have you gone on vacation? How about your neighbor? Have they gone on vacation or are they drowning in feudalism of Bidenomics? Are they late on their car payment, on their rent? Are they drowning in credit card debt or are they welfare roaches? And are they in on the scam? That's why I'm not really interested in an election in November. I'm more interested in the founding principles of our nation. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator. With certain unalienable rights. That among these are life. Liberty. And the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. Driving their just powers from the consent of the governed. But whenever... That's the big one, squirrel. I revoke my consent to be governed by Democrat scum, like the scum judge in Cook County, the moron fraud who sat there all those decades she had her license and watched the people of Cook County, the people of Chicago, the people of Illinois be robbed from their politicians like little Mike Madigan. You think she kissed his ass too? any form of government becomes destructive of these ends it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new governments that's the one i'm interested in because if you're waiting for mitch mcconnell to die or retire do you know squirrel i made a mistake yesterday there are 34 senators that are up for election this november well when granny from the beverly hillbillies when when granny clampett said he was going to retire I have figured he must be up for it. I didn't realize this old, wretched, corrupt whore is going to stick around two more years if by somehow he should stay above dirt. That's why it's, I'm not going to wait for an election to get robbed again like we did in 2020. It's time to take Texas and the 27 states. Let these Democrat ghetto states get flushed down the Venezuelan toilet they deserve. Laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall see most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Safety and happiness. What do you think Lake and Riley's family's thinking today? What do you think they're doing? You think they give a rip if this traitor, this, this political whore, who we can trace $30 million dollars, into bank accounts given him by Chinese oligarchs and former Soviet Union oligarchs as he starts World War III, which will be a great cover? Or are you going to wait for the Republicans to stand up for you? Middle, back here. Yes, sir. Uh, okay. How do you respond to criticism from some of your members saying that they've been left in the dark and haven't been seeing a transparent process when it comes to government funding? Yeah, so look, the appropriation, appropriations process is, is ugly. Democracy is ugly. Um, this is the way it works. Your wife is ugly. You didn't cut. You, these, are, these are representatives, you short little. Every year, always has, except that we've instituted some new innovations. We broke the omnibus fever, right? That's how Washington has been run for years. So you just stabbed us in the back with another continuing resolution, you feeble moron. You did it again. And now you're going to tell me you did me a favor? Boy, you must, you must be selling something. Now, everybody get down on a knee and let's say a prayer. We're, we're, we're trying to turn the aircraft carrier back to real budgeting and spending reform. This but you did this without consulting the other representatives. 
the other representatives who say they're Republican. So you did it in the back room, and who did you do it with? Well, I figured it out. So yesterday, congressional leaders announced that we've come to an agreement to avoid a shutdown this weekend. There's no negotiating. There's no point in Mike Johnson. There's no point in the so-called Republican majority of congressmen. None. Chuck Schumer knew the fix was in, like he was in some smarmy massage parlor. Only for men, by men. And they worked it all out on their tables with their little towels on. So we can finish our work to fund the federal government for the rest of the year. The House is set to vote today on an extension of government funding until March 8th and March 22nd. Once the House acts, <coughs> excuse me. Don't get excited. It's nothing serious. He lives. Once the House acts, I hope the Senate can pass the short-term CR as soon as tonight. But that will... Well, they did exactly what Schmuck Schumer, the gargoyle who should be hanging off of a library. Did you ever see how ugly that son of a dog is? His kids are ugly, too. But did you know, Squirrel, one works for Facebook or asshat, as I like to call it. The other one for Google. Shocker. In the meantime, there were Republicans that know what it means. I voted no because we don't have any money. I voted no because we're lying to the American people. Both sides of the aisle, but with all due respect, particularly my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, who just blame it on tax policy and then ignore spending like drunken sailors. And on our watch, the footnote in history for my tenure in the House of Representatives is going to be that I destroyed the country. I mean, I'm proud that I voted no for most of this garbage. But for this moment in time, every member of this body, your legacy, your tombstone is going to be that you destroyed the United States of America. Ah, they never die. It's the only place. It's hospice for forever political whores and crooks, which is why this New York Democrat, the one who filled in the spot of that side saddle Republican, he, on his first day, let everybody know, don't worry about what your base says. Your base is irrelevant. We're letting ourselves be bullied by our base. We aren't getting anything done. We need less chaos and more common sense. Enough with the theater and the drama. Enough with the hyperbole and the histrionics. Enough with the shutdowns and the putdowns. The people aren't paying us to make things worse. The, peop the people aren't paying you enough to be as rich as you crooked bastards all are. In fact, you're not representing us at all, which is why it's time. The whole of political philosophy is in that sentence. The most compact definition of democracy is in that sentence. The clearest account of the rights and responsibilities of citizens is in that sentence. That's all we need. It's time to revoke your consent and nullify this corrupt, incompetent, whore, infested, Washington, D.C. Done! Don't be throwing your weight behind the Republicans. They're the ones that signed the blank check. What was most exciting was the governor of Texas and the winner of the 2020 election came together. Now it's time to get the 27 states. Don't worry. We'll buy back the Democrat states in about six years. They're all bankrupt anyway. The Hyatt Hotels can't bail them all out. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer.
560. The answer. Rat Mafia Democrats. Now to a developing story. Attorneys for former President Donald Trump are appealing a Cook County judge's ruling to remove him from the Illinois ballot. Illinois is one of several states to consider disqualifying Trump because of his role in the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Let's get right to Who's this guy who looks like the 7-Up guy on, on CBS News? Constant bull, the other word for dung. That's what CBS stands for. In the meantime, isn't uh, Dalton in Cook County, Squirrel? I think Dalton's in Cook County. What kind of skullduggery? goes down in Cook County on a regular fracking basis. When I went through the Republican states, the Republican areas, we didn't have any issue. Everybody was on board because everybody is suffering from cancer. I know someone that. Oh, swindler. Swindler. You don't have a charity. You stole the money. But you're in Cook County and you're a Democrat and you got the right genitalia. And pigmentation, so you'll get away with it. WGN Investigates has an update on a questionable cancer charity now being investigated by the Illinois Attorney General. The what about this judge? Oh, judge, your dishonor, whore. What about you? You don't want to go after the crooks in Cook County, huh? The ones who've been destroying the once great city, now ghost town, now insane. Police are looking for three men who got out of a black sedan and robbed a 53-year-old woman. Ah, that's all right. She had it coming. What was she doing walking around with all her possessions anyway? Like some third-world hellhole. Wherever there's a Democrat, it turns into Caracas. John and Joliet. Hello, Mr. Thompson. How are you? A little aggravated, but I'm always aggravated. Go ahead. Well, I, I really appreciate your show. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to get your opinion regarding the whole uh, opinion of the judge, you know, basically removing Trump from the ballot. I live in Will County. The ballots, the sample ballots have already been sent out with Trump's name on it. Does that mean that they send out new ones? To get uh, we get new sample it's, ballots? It's, or it's a, listen to me. Should it's we vote stunt. early? It's a stunt. So you don't focus on the whore in Dalton or the judges on the Table of Wisdom LLC or the aldermen that, as we speak, are shaking down businesses so they have to hire their friend's lawyer and all the rest of the skullduggery that goes on in that ghetto. That's all it is. It's another stunt. Like Joe Biden going to the border, but not going where it's dangerous, where the California Democrats have done the same thing to that border that he did to the entire thing. No, no, no. He goes to the state where he is suing the governor to remove the border security, which is why the Border Patrol agents who are sick of making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for rapists, robbers and drug dealers. They don't even want this piece of dung there. This administration, the border hasn't been has been in chaos just on his rhetoric. Then is then he got rid of policies and it made it worse. And, and, and right now he's going down, you know, pretty much it's the Hail Mary to save, uh, you know, the, the rest of the campaign because, you know, he wants to get reelected. But if you really wanted to see where the, the areas were, he'd come down in Arizona or he'd go to San Diego, Arizona. Yeah. Just Tucson sector alone is averaging over fifteen hundred people a day. Do not accept that premise of the problem at hand. It's always about the money. There's hundreds of billions to be stolen. Set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. Um, and the foundation has been uh, functioning ever since. There's one person who was very deeply involved in Ukraine, uh, and, and that's Biden. So this isn't about the border. 
This is about cramming in hundreds of billions of dollars so it can funnel back into his checking account. And the Republicans just said, okay. That's why it's time to revoke your consent to be a Republican. Take the Republicans, take Mike Johnson, take Mitt Romney, and go marry a bunch of women in, in Mexico. Go ahead. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. The state of Illinois. All the fascists, the Marxist hybrids, the scum Democrats, they're celebrating. Mike Johnson, once again, stroking the blank check. In the meantime, I want to show you what kind of a low-life roach this guy really is. Here he is before he was the speaker, I think. It was like the month before or the week before. A man too incapable of being held accountable for mishandling classified information is certainly unfit for the Oval Office. And everyone... Right? That's when you... Let's raise money. I'm going to impeach him. Here he is after he gets the gavel. I was happy to participate in this. We did uh, that as a group, and then I had a uh, one-on-one for a period of time with the president, just he and I in the Oval Office. Uh, Let me say this. When I showed up today, my purpose was to express what I believe is the obvious truth, and that is that we must take care of America's needs first. When you talk about America's needs, you have to talk first about our open border. I've been, I believe in... Uh, what, about the, what about the unfit? What about the fact that he's drooling on himself and soiling the, the, the upholstery in the Oval Office? What about that? Now, no, no, no. We're going we're gonna to continue to fund it. You're going you're gonna to love it. Everything's going to be great. This is an important thing to break it up into smaller pieces. We've been working on uh, separate individual appropriations bills, 12 appropriations bills. The, our, our appropriations committee and the, the cardinals, who are, as you know, the, the chairs of Keep the... Keep an eye on his net worth, Squirrel. OpenSecrets.com. Just keep an eye on his stock disclosures. I mean, I don't know if they'll be as good as NVIDIA when uh, the drunk from the 80s... Get off the table, whore Nancy Pelosi, when she bought it at $175 and now it's $800. I don't know if it'll be that good, but he's going to do just fine. Maybe Paul Ryan rich, where his wife gets to fly to go shopping on a private jet. Alex in Winfield... Hey, Sean, great to talk to you. You too, I brother. I got two things. All right. The, uh, uh, you know the movie Willow? From a long time ago, old movie? What is that, the late 80s? I, right? Yeah, 90s? yeah, great, great flick. Yeah. But uh, Val Kilmer, mid-Mardigan, calls Willow Peck all the time because he's small and useless. And I think uh, that's a perfect nickname for Mike Johnson. All right, all right. All right, I like that. Go ahead, what got else you nice got? a little sting to it, too. Yeah. And then the second thing, me and Kevin from Las Vegas, great buddies. Uh, we always call you ST. I was curious if you have any nicknames, and I'd like to suggest Alpha Patriot or the Honey Badger. Uh, I don't. I love. I'll take either one, brother. You can call me whatever you want to call me. Thank you very much, Alex. I don't really have any. I was never big on nicknames. You know, when your name's Sean in an Italian neighborhood, you don't even need a last name, let alone a nickname. Candace. Hi, Sean. Uh, I think the reason why Mike Johnson is working with um, Schumer, they're so afraid. It seems like they're so afraid that we're going to have a collapse, and now they're all working together, which is I find interesting. And the other thing that is really bothering me about um, everything that's going on is that nobody talks about, you know, if you want to get rid of all these problems, why don't we just start talking about the law? The law runs everything. Nobody ever talks about the law. Um on conservative radio or how to get rid of your citizenship and how to get back to Republican. Well, because there's a huge penalty now, Candace. You know that after Obama, right? 
There's a huge what penalty. penalty? They take they take forty to sixty percent of any asset you have if you denounce your American citizenship. So you should really consult with Stephen A. Leahy or somebody who knows the law before you do that. And as far as what you said earlier, I think, by the way, it's a brilliant point, right? Because they work together. Because what they do to these idiots is they bring them in a room and they tell them the whole fracking thing is a Ponzi scheme. Do you understand? The whole thing. It'll, it'll, de- it'll end tomorrow if these morons figure out how we're floating the fraud. Which is why when we talk about GDP growth, when you hear me have the experts on, do you know how hard it is for me to get a financial expert to come on the show willing enough to do it? Because I can only get the honest ones on. Because if you ever notice, I ask the same question. Who makes the money when they raise the rates? Why would the Fed try to bankrupt the people? This is important for you to understand because it's an illusion. They can't stop printing money for one millisecond or the whole fracking thing falls apart. That's why we go to these wars with countries that threaten to stop using our dollar. You understand? Sean, wait a minute. But wait a minute. I have a friend who denounced her citizenship, and she's not. She wasn't um, penalized for. She had no money. She was busted. Yes, she, she does. had no money. Well, then she's smart. Then she must have put it in a Pritzker LLC, because if you do it and you hold your money, I think it's forty percent. But I could be wrong. We'll con- we'll contact Stephen A. Leahy. But the other point is more important. They can't stop. Here, let's do it. Let's just do a little experiment. I'll click it right here. U.S. National Debt Clock. In one day, fifty billion dollars. One day, the whole thing's an illusion. They can't stop it, let alone go through it. And if you ever question them on auditing, forget about it. Then they make fun of you, right? Well, what do you mean you want an audit? I want an audit. We have one, one industry, and it is an industry, called the Pentagon. They misappropriate 50 cents out of every dollar. Out of every dollar, they cannot account for 50 cents. In the last 20 years, they have stolen from we the people in excess of $9 trillion. And in the meantime, there's no excuse for it, and they don't need an excuse. They don't even address it. They won't address it if a Democrat asks, if a Republican asks, if an Independent asks. And you'll never hear a politician discuss it. $9 trillion in 20 years. You think they're worried about the $34 trillion? They don't have to account to us. This is a Soviet oligarch-run system, and you ain't in on it. Uh, George in Naperville. Yeah, Sean, these politicians keep disparaging drunken sailors because of their failure to get things done. I think we'd be better off with the drunken sailors. Oh, we'd be, yeah. It, well, they'd never make it far in Washington. Most of them, uh, not all of them, but most of them like girls. In the meantime, John Stewart asked a Department of Defense woman on his new show, I guess John Stewart's back, I don't know, about just what we were talking about, the 50 cents out of every dollar that the Pentagon cannot account for. Here was her answer. I think you have a particular thing you really want to talk about, and you're asking me other questions. I'm not sure these two things are linked. An audit is not... Oh, but they are. Okay, so you need to explain to me, do you understand what an audit does? I believe so. Okay, go ahead. Give me... First of all, do do, do do you think... I wish John Stewart would have manned up a little bit. John Stewart, uh, historically, is a leftist. But John Stewart just took that barb from this bimbo, this dimwit. Do I know what an audit is? Who, who, who do you think you're talking to? Oh, but then again, you're the government, and you're a god in this society, right? Mind, give me, give me your explanation. Uh, no, I, I, I don't mind learning. So <laughs> please, please, please educate me on, on sure. what Sure, so an the, audit the is exactly what you just described. Yeah. In my world. Don't you love this? So an audit is exactly what you just described, because what he described is the fact that the Pentagon cannot account for 50 cents 
out of $880 billion. Where's the money, whore? Yeah. That's waste. How is that waste? How $850 billion to a department means that the rank and file still have to be on food stamps. That's corruption. And if you think like that's like a crazy agenda for me to have, I really think that that's institutional thinking. And I'm not looking to pick a fight with you, but I am surprised at that. The reaction to these questions are, you don't know what an audit is, bucko. Like, that's just weird to me. <laughs> because okay. the entire government needs an enema. And there's about 70% of them to get real excited when you say that. Frank in Arlington Heights. This town needs an enema. That's from uh, the Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, uh, Cher was Jack hot Nicholson in her day, boy. It. Hot. You ever see her yeah. name Moonstruck? Oh, my word. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm surprised you didn't remember the movie Willow. Willow. Tom Cruise. Willow, right? good. Hey, Willow. He was a, he was like an he was a elf. I think it was it was like an old. Uh, was Tom Cruise in Willow, or am I misremembering? No, as they Val, say? No. Val Kilmer. He was oh. like the, the knight who helped the, uh, the the group of elves as the other people were coming in and taking them out. So Frank, it, was a, uh, it was a good movie. It I was, was probably on a date Great. at least one girl. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I just wanted to comment on that. I hadn't heard about that movie in a long time, and I always used to do my uh, Willow. That's not his voice. That's <laughs> some other guy who's calling him names and stuff. He goes, Willow. So now Willow. You're, a history, you're a history professor, and you, when, I, uh, when I have referred to this for years now, since Joe Biden successfully usurped the most powerful office in the world as American Dark Ages, do you think that I could copyright that? Because I know that's what it will, it will be referred to in the next 400 years. What do you say? Um, well, I'm not a patent lawyer, or a copyright lawyer, but uh, you know, you got some some good ways to describe it. I'm ah, no what's the it. difference? They're going to hit us with 100 percent inheritance tax anyway. All of our kids are going to be broke. Thank you very much, Frank. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty, and because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM five sixty. The answer. AM560, The Answer. Sure, Squirrel, that's why I don't remember. It was 1988 when that movie came out. I had been at the Mercantile Exchange for a year. I just got my first raise, clerking on the side of the pit. Kid me, I bought a nice car. In fact, I was probably in the back seat of that Riviera looking for Kamala Harris's panties. Jeff and Wheaton. Sean, thank you so much for your, um, just your intelligence on oh. the cigars. Oh, uh, everyone yeah, commented, yeah. you got to come to Elmhurst Cigar House. I'm telling yeah. you, you, you don't play it up enough, but um, you really did me right. Everyone was very happy. Oh, uh, they really? came back to me. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I have photos and friends that were like, these are excellent cigars. So you really know your stuff. Thank you, uh, you're, 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 your listeners should know that you're not just the alpha patriot, but you're a good man. And oh, thank you. you're... You're I'll just you're a pleasure. I mean, you're down to earth. To meet you in person was just awesome. So I really appreciate that. But I, I want to point out to your listeners that you know you're you're bringing up something important. This isn't a conservative. This isn't a Democrat. This isn't a liberal issue. You're talking about common sense. The people that represent us that that are supposed to represent us. What are we seeing in the headlines, Sean? It's it's about Trump. It's about Biden. It's about this or that. What makes common sense? This woman wouldn't have been murdered. Have we done the right things? 
right? Well, to here's stop the good news. Legal immigration. They're nervous. They're nervous. I hope so. Because 80% of Americans are disgusted with what they see. Because 80% of Americans can follow that train of thought because it's a fact. Joe Biden weakens the border. The border Mayhem ensues. The cover story is set. Now they steal hundreds of billions of dollars. And his moron, crack-smoking, sister-in-law, banging rat son left everything on a fracking laptop. Everything! Tens of thousands of emails. Proof. Prima face effect. They've got trails. 20 LLCs. The good news is that there's more people than ever that need the corruption in government. It's all like Chicago now. After all, that's how you tolerate this Marxist morphodite. Now, NBC5 investigates with an update as the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Bears both look for public funding for new stadiums. Yeah, our team has discovered not only did Mayor Brandon Johnson meet with the White Sox back in early January, but his office pushed to publicly present a united front. Political reporter Marianne Ahern is here with a closer look. Sure. at Sure. Sure, because he's been cutting his deals all over. You think it was just those two half-assed wannabe mafia guys who own that tainted land that got the 91000 a month contract that nobody wants to talk about? Or you think it was that, that phony company that provides the staffing and nurses that gets, what, hundreds of millions of your dollars and nobody can account for it? Come on. He's only a Marxist in front of the cameras. Behind, he's just a two-bit rat Democrat on the take like the rest of them. Daniel Maryville. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Good, Daniel. Hey, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I've been studying this shit for like three years. Oh, you dude. can't swear. I would have loved to have had you on, babe. Glenn in Orlando. Sean, you know, uh, thanks for wrecking my appetite talking about Kamala Harris in the backseat. Now, now I have no appetite. Do not swear. Uh, I wanted to hear what Daniel had to say. You know I want to hear what you have to say. Go ahead. So today the Daily Wire reported that uh, an illegal immigrant in Utah was arrested for alleged rape of an 11-year-old. My blood is boiling. My blood is boiling. First of all, did you see the 14-year-old girl that got raped by the 17-year-old filthy animal from Honduras with a knife? And then he stabbed the other guy in the face a bunch of times? Are you out of your fracking mind? This is what the Democrats did to us. God, it, it's it stinks. It just we got to stop it because uh, nobody's going to be safe. Nobody. Oh, I'm safe. So. I can't wait. I want to go out this weekend. I just can't find a girl that wants to prance around a, a, a jogging path and wait for me to jump out after she's attacked by one of these filthy animals. Thank you very much, Teresa on the Brass Coast. Brass Coast checking in, Sean. Uh, the Kensington neighborhood of Philly is a prime example of what the open borders have done. I mean, the addicts down there, they get free shoes, and I'm talking Nikes, Adidas, Jordans. They get free clothes, free And all they have to do is drink. vote Democrat. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Right, right. Yeah. And the drug dealers, they come to the streets about once a week, and they hand out what is referred to as samples, which are also free, and they contain fent, crack, meth, and trank. Yeah. I mean, and they're getting, these people are blasted out of their minds. They're getting everything for free. So, of course, they have no incentive to leave the streets. I wonder if they the share Democrats the drug-dealing, low-life scumbag super PAC that the one in Chicago has. Because there must be one. After all, the judges have all the time on their hands to focus on national politics. Yet they can't solve the simplest of problems in Cook County. 
the simplest of problems. Well, suburbs are scratching their heads tonight after Dalton Mayor and Thornton Township Supervisor Tiffany Henyard promised a million-dollar giveaway, which turned out to be public funds. Because she's a rat, a thieving, rat-lying Democrat. But you didn't really need the other adjectives. Just Democrat will do. It is a declaration of an anti-American political whore. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. You've probably stumbled across a couple of my next guest's articles in the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Newsweek, or the Daily Telegraph. He's written well over two dozen books, probably close to three by now most of which have been translated into 30 languages around the world. He's got some must-read books. I have not read them all, but some that stand out in my mind are Defense of Capitalism and Hitler's National Socialism. He's got a new book out, How Nations Escape Poverty, Vietnam, Poland, and the Origins of Prosperity. He is a German historian and sociologist. He is Rainier Zeidelman. Mr. Zeidelman, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm great. Here it's now. Ten minutes after midnight, but as you see, I'm awake and um, prepared for an interview with you. <laughs> I've got to tell you, I'm impressed with you, because lately I can't make it past 1030, so I, I want to thank you for staying up. But it's an important topic, because so many people need to know about your writings, and they need to know specifically how bastardized American politics has become, where we are so far unmoored from the principles that really delivered the prosperity to the youngest and richest nation with the highest quality of life. It's fascinating to watch us devolve into a corporatist, totalitarian Soviet system, the way I see it. And I'm wondering, when you focused on Vietnam and Poland, were you amazed at how they grabbed on to what made us rich and we give them away? Yes, absolutely. And I'm confirmed by the uh, latest Index of Economic Freedom, that was published three days ago. Maybe I have to explain for a minute what it is about. Every year, the American Heritage Foundation publishes the Index of Economic Freedom. It's a ranking of all countries in the world, how economically free they are. And uh, it's a, a very, you know, renowned ranking all over the world. People look at this. And three days ago, they published the latest one. And the result is, the United States have the worst ranking since they started the index in 1995. The worst ranking. Uh, still, the United States belong to this uh, category countries that are mostly free, but it's less than one point it's missing, then they lose even this status. So on the other hand, Vietnam, Vietnam climbed in comparison with the previous year 13 places. And since 1995, the United States lost six points. Vietnam gained 21 points. The United States are still ahead of Vietnam. 
But if we go on in this direction, we will see it one day that Vietnam, that call themselves socialist, is one day uh, more economically free than the United States. And well, even today... Go ahead. And even today, you see uh, in this uh, ranking that there are now as many as 15 European countries that are more economically free than the United States. And this doesn't mean that things in Europe are great. On the contrary, we are also very bad what happened here in Europe. So, and what I wrote about Vietnam and Poland because these are two countries that were so extreme poor. Vietnam was in 1990 the poorest country in the world, poorer than all African countries. They had a GDP of less than $100, and it was even behind Somalia, 1990. And today, it's amazing what happened. There are also different times in Vietnam. You have an entrepreneurial spirit. They call themselves still socialist. But I can guarantee you, it's easier to find a Marxist in a university in the United States than to find in the so-called Vietnam socialist country. It is so upsetting to me, and I'll tell you why. I have a relative that died the year I was born, 1967. And he died, like so many other Americans, 58,000 Americans, hundreds of thousands we don't even know that were affected by that war. And the reason that he died in Vietnam, a place that prior to that not many Americans heard of, was because they sold to the American people that they were a government communist, government fascistic country, and that needed to be stopped. And to see 56 years later the fact that they are more capitalist-orientated, more free market, more property rights-orientated than the country that pretended to prevent communism as they became a hybrid communist country is more than aggravating. And I have a guy on the board who fought in Vietnam. So we still have veterans that have lived and believed the American propaganda. Well, much to the chagrin of so many and future generations, America has positioned itself and painted itself in a corner that it really doesn't know how to get out of. Now, I know you wrote this book, and we're going to get into it, but more importantly, you're a historian. And it's, a, it's also an amazing combination because you're not just a historian, you're somebody who studies sociology and you understand the psyche of of government supremacy and the willingness of those citizens to become slaves to a corrupt government that's how i see america today that's how i see one specific party and a lot of the other and really that's something that you cannot throw off until you are in that vietnam category of penniless and hopeless because there's only one answer and that's freedom and the principles of of property rights isn't it Yes, absolutely. And what you said about the GIs that are fought in Vietnam, I, I told my publisher, please reach out to these people in the United States who fought in Vietnam. For them, it's so important because they see in the end, it's exactly as you said it. I said the same to my publisher, exactly this way. They fought for freedom and against communism. But uh, what, what happened then after the war? Uh, a lot of things were destroyed in the war. What a lot of people don't know, uh, 50 million tons of bombs and explosives fell on Vietnam. That's 10 times as many as had been dropped on Germany in the Second World War. So a lot of things were destroyed. 
But what was not destroyed by the war was destroyed by the crazy planned economy that they implemented after they won the war. But people in Vietnam are smart. Ten years later, they said, "Okay, it doesn't work. We have to implement uh, private property, uh, free market reforms. And of course, it took a couple of years, but now they gain more and more economic freedom and uh, they, they, it's, it's growing. And, and what's interesting, I had a poll in Vietnam and in the United States. And the, the results are very interesting because we asked them, what do you think about um, rich people, about wealthy people? And people in Vietnam, they are much more positive about wealthy people than people in the United States. This was the result of the poll. We asked them about personality traits. We, we gave them a list with positive and negative personality traits. And here, for, I, I give you only two examples. Uh, for example, in Vietnam, 69% say rich people are intelligent, but in the United States, only 44% agree. Or in Vietnam, 63% say rich people are industrious. But in the United States, only 39% agree. On the other hand, uh, 33% of the Americans say rich people are self-centered. In Vietnam, only 12%. And I think this, for me, the traditional American spirit, what made America great, is to embrace entrepreneurship, to embrace economic freedom, and to see wealthy, successful entrepreneurs as role models and not as scapegoats. And this is what changed, not only in the United States. We have the same here in Europe to see the successful entrepreneur, not as someone, you know, who is something like a role model for young people, but something something like a scapegoat. Well, because you know, as a sociologist, that... Government supremacy of one form or another, whether they pretend to be the national socialist like Hitler or they pretend to be the communist like Stalin and Karl Marx or the Marxist, whatever you want to call it, Leninist, Trotskyite, it takes a certain ideology of the citizen. They have to adopt the mind of a covetous slave. And that's the key. So once the society deems people who have more than they do, as bad people, now the government has the courage and the capitulation of the society to seize the assets of, of, of people who of means. And that's exactly the direction my country is headed in. That's where my old town, Chicago, my old state, Illinois, and New York and New Jersey, and the Democrats, which is why, Professor, I call them the Marxist mafia. I think it is the exact right phrase because it's only with the support of the people Could the governments get away with what they get away with? And I'm curious to know how you see what we all just saw around the world of a Democrat city and state seizing or attempting to half a billion dollars based on no crime or any reasoning from Donald Trump, who they deem to be a rich, arrogant billionaire. Do you see it as the beginning of what the what happened to Germany in the Third Reich? I don't hope so, but of course it's a very dangerous development that um, uh, you, you don't accept uh, that if someone um, 
uh, if, if someone won an election, if you don't accept it, but if you want to bring your uh, uh, political you know, conference or how you call it at, at, in, in prison. So this is what is uh, usually for totalitarian or, you know, African or underdeveloped countries, what they do in a democracy. They accept someone won the won uh, um, the election. Okay, we have to accept it. Next year is his turn, and uh, not to go behind him and try to bring him to to uh, prison with uh, a lot of crazy things. Like uh, I, I saw the story of a of a woman that uh, said thirty years ago or whatever yes. he, yes. he raped her in wherever in the. Uh, where was it in her uh, not in, in a dressing room? In a yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, something like this. And after, and I think then at this time he had only to pay uh, only uh, in speech marks five million dollars. <laughs> but then after he said she, she's crazy and it didn't happen. And the result is I think now for the same thing he has to pay uh, eighty million dollars or, yes. or, or more only because he said I. I um, don't, don't believe it. It's wrong. And you see, it's, it's, if he would be someone else, you, you don't have to be a, a Donald Trump fan. You can also criticize some things from this is not my point. But well, you, yeah. should, you should go, you know, with political arguments and not this kind of, uh, not, not, not this kind of stuff. And, but let's, let's go, go back yeah, for a yeah. moment uh, to, to my book. I, I want to add something. It's, it's a book about how nations escape poverty and it's also warning sign that even developed countries and rich countries can become poor and can um, have a very negative development i give you two examples that i have in the last chapter of my book this is argentina and it's venezuela venezuela was 1900s in in the 70s one of the 20 richest countries in the world. It was a democracy and um, a good economic system. Then they started with things as we do now in Europe, in the United States. Regulation, regulation, more government, big, more big government. And what happens, it happened the same as happens all time when you do crazy things like this. Uh, the situation beca- became worse and uh, they were in a, a bad economic situation, but then people made a big mistake in Venezuela. They voted for the socialist Hugo Chavez. By uh, by the way, intellectuals in Europe and the United States were enthusiastic about what they called the socialism of the 21st century. And now what happened? Uh, now they abolished uh, the socialist in Venezuela democracy. There's no longer freedom of speech. There's no longer freedom of press. And um, 25% of the population fled uh, from uh, Venezuela. This is uh, 7.5 million people. So why is this important? Because it was a true democracy and a prosperous country. And so if it could happen in Venezuela, it can happen everywhere. It can also happen in the United States. And this is what people sometimes don't believe. It was the same in the 30s, uh, in Germany, be, uh, because you mentioned this, before yes. other people came to power, people thought, oh, no, uh, um, Germany is such a country with a great, you know, history, uh, uh, culture and uh, smart people and engineers and uh, well-educated people. Uh, they couldn't imagine 
that things like this can happen. But it happens in Germany. It happened in another way in Venezuela. Or take Argentina as an example. Argentina, 100 years ago, was one of the richest countries in the world, as rich as the, as the United States mm-hmm. 100 years ago. And then they started with their crazy Peronist policy, socialist uh, policy, and 100 years came down, 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 down. <laughs> Only now there's some hope with Xavier Millet, hopefully, that he can change things. So you see, it can happen everywhere. It's not a guarantee yeah. uh, that... that Things will stay with the democracy. You know, what's funny is that in Chicago, I I used to live in a neighborhood that had a very high population of Polish people who were fleeing the communism when Poland was communist. And they came to my neighborhood. They were wonderful, hardworking, incredibly uh, entrepreneurial minded people, and they became wealthy. And I'm wondering, as I was reading in your book, how successful Poland is. How much longer do you think it is before the people who immigrated from the communist-held totalitarian hellhole Poland now realize that it is more free than America and take their money that they made here, their success, and go back to Poland? Because that looks like the play to me, as I learned in your book. I didn't realize how successful they have been recently. Yes, uh, you're absolutely right. And what a lot of people don't know, Poland was in the... Even in the 80s, one of the poorest countries in Europe, the average Pole earned less than $50 a month, a month, $50 in the 80s. And this was only 10% what uh, we earned at this time there in West Germany. And then they started with free market reforms in 1990. And now, in three decades, Poland is Europe's growth champion. So because Capitalism, and this is what happens all the time, what made America so successful? Capitalism. And what made now Vietnam more successful? Because they embrace more free market, more more capitalism. And this is what happens even in countries that call themselves socialists. China is another example. Uh, In the end of the 50s, there was the biggest socialist experiment in history in China for Mao Zedong. They, Mao Zedong called it the Great Leap Forward. And 45 million people died. Only in these four years, 45 million people died. And yeah. even after Mao's death in 1981, 88% of people in China lived in extreme poverty. Then they started in China with Deng Xiaoping, uh, introduced private property, free market reforms. Now the number of people living in extreme poverty is less than 1%. The tragic thing is that now in China, they go back in the wrong direction. They they became successful because they had more economic freedom. And now they go back to more big government and and less less market. And um, this is so, you know, lessons from history. Uh, As you mentioned, I'm an historian. I don't believe in any like socialists do abstract theories about socialism, perfect society. No, I, I study history. And then I look what, what happens if a country goes more in the direction of a planned economy, as we do now in Europe, as you do in the United States. And what happens if a country goes more in the direction of uh, capitalism? And uh, the results are 100% crystal clear. Do you know what's funny is that I know that Poland has a 19% flat tax rate. 
I'm curious to know, does Vietnam have a flat tax rate? And I say this to you because I believe the trajectory of American Soviet indoctrination to the society happened when we implemented Karl Marx's second plank of the Communist Manifesto called a progressive tax. That is the way in which the government has been able to manipulate the incomes to degrowth the individual's wealth. And it still is something that so many Americans, morons as I call them, or Democrats, so many Americans support. And the only way you can ever turn a country around is when the people can possess their own earnings. So I'm wondering, is Vietnam higher or less than 19% flat tax? And what kind of tax system do they have before I let you go? Uh, the maximum tax rate in uh, Vietnam is 35%, but you have to earn a, a, a lot, a lot to have this maximum tax rate. And okay. if I compare it with New York City, for example, I know it because I have two apartments there in uh, New York City. And if you add all state federal taxes and so, yes, you have, a, you have about 50% taxes now that you have to pay in New York City. Well, wow. And uh, there are even other countries where it's less than in Vietnam. I've been in, in Bulgaria uh, some months ago, and they have 10% flat tax. 10%, imagine this. Yes. And, yes. and I, I, I walked there in a very beautiful park. I saw children playing there. I saw happy people there in this park. And I compared it with where I live in, in Berlin. Uh, uh, our parks there, we have a lot of truck dealer and see people selling yeah. cocaine and, and all this stuff. And I thought, oh, look, here's a country. They have only 10% tax rate and they are able to have such a park with, you know, sun was shining and people were playing and were happy there. And people played only 10%. He is Rainier Zeidelman, and he'll be selling his, his apartments in New York and buying in either Poland uh, or some other country that taxes their people fairly. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate not just the fact that you wrote the book, How Nations Escape Poverty, Vietnam and Poland and the Origins of Prosperity, but for all of the books you've written to right the wrongs that history continues to perpetrate in the names of progress. Thank you for doing everything you do. I so appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. Hope to speak to you again soon. Absolutely. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. We continue to see this Biden administration completely give away our country. Whether or not that's through small things like the SBA programs that we're now having to force through legislation, a bill that I'm very happy is going to be hopefully on the floor for a vote this week, that we can actually have whistleblowers have an ease of way on the SBA's website to talk about the $200 million that we've given away to fraudsters, to people from other countries who are taking advantage of our country, of our bills, of a weak administration. Congresswoman Van Dyne goes down from Texas, goes down a list that will make you chew on your steering wheel. So I'm going to take a call to break it up before you have to go buy a new one. Something tells me you'll have to buy one of those electric phony cars. Stan in River Forest. Sean, love you every day. You lift me up at the end of the day. Oh, thank you. You know, I love listening to that guy. I loved hearing about Poland. I'm in construction sales. 
I sell to Polish, Hispanic, and, and Americans. You know, nothing against anybody born here. But I see the Polish guys and the Ukrainian and the European guys coming here, and they they work. Yeah. And they're smart. Yeah. And they plow it all right back into their business. They take care of their families. And, you know, I tell my daughter all the time, give me five Polish guys off the boat. I'll be richer than everyone in our neighborhood in five years. Yeah, because they all they, they all learned the, they all learned how to work. You know, it's something we don't do anymore. How to work? Yeah. Oh, no, we don't. We're my industry is so desperate for bodies. Well, let's all go to college. My customers, I got a, a customer in Wheeling, million dollar home, still has home back in Poland. And he's been here ten years. Yeah, because he worked. He better he better go back. Right. Oh, they, it, it, I, I saw it. I'm from Elmwood Park. I mean, you know Elmwood Park, Stan. You know how many and, and 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 they all become entrepreneurs. They all have to get a truck. You know why, Stan? I think that is because a lot of them can't get in the union. You know, I I've believed since since my own father. Uh, watching him and what happened with the union, the bricklayers union. I believe those entities are there to keep those guys down, not lift them up. That's why they all make the same. There's no incentive to do anything better. It's fascinating when you watch the American labor market and you see the turn and then you see the guys that became all successful. It isn't the guys that that took the way of the union. And I understand why you have to. They have the jobs a lot of the times. Guys are forced into it. And that upper echelon, something we don't talk about, that upper echelon, like those those Teamster guys that cost how many tens of thousands of UPS guys their jobs and the rest of it, you know, they don't do anything all year. You see them when they negotiate the contracts. They're sitting on their ass in some off-track betting, all making 600000 a year. Well, the guys who toil and slave have to, have to pay up. It's a scam, man. John, the Teamsters yeah. tried to take over my yard in Cicero. We got the Freedom of Information Act. We showed all our guys. Yeah, join the union. They're in the red. And guess who gets a paycheck every week? The BA. The business exactly. administrator gets a check. He's going to tell you to go on strike, but he's still getting his seventy grand a year. The joke, Stan. Hey, Sean? Yeah. Sean, let me remind you who I am. I'm Copper Boy from Goni's Cigar Shop. Oh, how are you doing? You did remind me. How are you? I'm great, and hey, you keep rocking it because we love you. Oh, thank you, brother. means the world to me. What a great shop that was. That's a shop, Squirrel, a friend of mine. He came from Cuba with nothing. Ironically, Cuba, then he went to Venezuela. And then he came to here. I said, maybe you're the one bringing his stuff around. But one of the only guys that you meet spoke like he got here on Thursday from Cuba. But loves this country more than anybody. Did everything he could because he loves this country. See, that's who makes it great. Are the people who lived under what we now call Chicago Democrat philosophy, known across the world as communism or Marxism or socialism, and they implemented here, right here under our nose. We continue to see this, but nowhere do you see it clearer than what's happening at our border today. You want to talk about giving away our country. From day one, this president had all of the tools on his desk to be able to maintain our secure border. And what did he do from day one? Immediately, he stopped work on the border wall. Immediately, he started directing HMS instead of actually having Homeland Security do its job. No, they became cab drivers. The border became a bus stop where people could come illegally, get picked up, and be brought to a plane or a, a, a bus to be shipped 
to other places around our country. We'd be so much better off with her as Speaker of the House. I'll tell you what, I want that, I want that Mike Johnson on the curb by Monday. Pete, Peter, I'm sorry, Chicago. My board isn't working, Squirrel. I think I got a little bit of a hitch in my giddy-up. Are you there, um, Peter? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead, buddy. Okay, so unions are like communists. They keep everybody down to make sure that if somebody's hardworking, to keep them down so everybody is at the same level. People working in unions will never, ever succeed. You have to be on the top to succeed. Otherwise, they keep everybody the same thing, the same things in the schools, the good teachers, the bad teachers, they all get paid the same. They it's all a, get paid It's a same. culture of corruption, Peter, that has baffled me. And, and I say this as somebody who worked in it myself. I understand the sales pitch. In the beginning, they promise you insurance and a 401 and all this stuff. But then when you realize how it really works... It is an agreement of corruption, mediocrity at high prices. And unless you kiss the ring, you don't really get ahead. And there's no incentive to do better than the next guy. But they have a stronghold on very important jobs because they're in bed with the government. They're in bed with the government. Or they could not exist. They're like Nazis. They're like Nazis. Peter, did you know that Poland had a 19% flat tax? Yes. That's impressive. Peter, thank you for taking time to call the show. I appreciate you. Poland's got a good good guy in charge. Are you saying you won't take migrants that are coming through Italy? Of course not. We won't. What we're saying is send them back. Okay. Simple as that. Poland is the only country in European Union which we haven't had even one terrorist attack. We don't have stabbings. We don't have uh, rapes. We don't have all these really dangerous f- behaviors from migrants, illegal migrants. So our policy is very straight. Zero tolerance. We build a beautiful wall on our uh, on our border with Belarus and there's no way anyone went into Poland. When you see the data from Eurostat, not ours, from European Union, Poland is the safest country in Europe. This madness has to be stopped. It will be stopped by Poland. We stopped it. We, we never let anyone to come illegally to Poland. Uh, when you see Polish people in London, we are here legally. We pay taxes. We contribute to the society. Like Americans used to before the modern day short in the pants corrupt mafia calling themselves Democrats. Run. Run from the Democrat. They're like yesteryear's communist, Marxist, or mafia member. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, the answer. AM560, the answer. Woodrow Wilson, may he burn in hell for a thousand millenniums, made certain to implement the leech of progressive tax, the number two plank of the Communist Manifesto. And it never, ever is even talked about by so-called Republicans. 
There's no income tax in America till the Civil War, an emergency one Lincoln pushed. After the Civil War, it's repealed, 1892. They try to have a peacetime income tax declared unconstitutional. Woodrow Wilson pushes through the income tax, the 16th Amendment in 1913. It's a 1% tax on the top 1% richest people in the country. It's not the tax of the people. It's to go after those robber barons, yeah. the Rockefellers, Carnegie's, J. Paul Getty's, the Astors. It would be sort of like today that only Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and George Soros, that's what the tax is for. And so you had Taft pushing through a corporate income tax. And only the extreme wealthy owned corporate stock. So it was a backdoor way to get at him. Teddy Roosevelt was responsible for inheritance tax. Because only the extreme wealthy had an inheritance worth leaving. But finally, Woodrow Wilson pushes through the income tax, which is the 1% tax on the top 1% richest people. All of it implemented, not for anything else other than to control you and your wealth. Like a union. Uh, Greg and LaGrange. Hey, how you doing, Sean? I'm good, brother. It was real, uh, real eye-opening to me to see how, over time, I realized that college just wasn't made for everybody. That after time, with all these crazy positions and all these crazy majors, it was just a way to get people hooked on somewhat of a subsidized free ride and ways to put crazy ideas in their head. I always have the deepest respect for the people that work hard because you know why the plumbers, the machinists, the carpenters, the electricians, the people that build things, this country was now service-based. You need to make things in that country to become something you need that. And the problem is, is that real people that work know one thing they get paid money and they have to pay taxes. And they have the additional tax of inflation on top of them. They value money. They value hard work because they know what they can achieve by getting that money. Whereas the younger generations and those that were indoctrinated in college and went through some of these schools and don't have jobs, what do they have? College debt and what's their hope? That is basically forgiven. You like, uh, you, I, know you, I know you like to read a lot of books. There is a book called The Indoctrinated Brain. I highly recommend you pick it up. Okay, because it's fascinating. It's not just a, a book about the economy. It's a book about what is happening to our kids. And this is all implemented through schools and colleges. And this whole thing about student debt and the rest of it, it's really brilliant when you look at it from the point of view of the government supremacist. You have sold generations into the idea that they must take out debt with very little disclosure that's payable to the government now that Barack Obama nationalized it. It's a multi-pronged success when it comes to indoctrinating a society. And once you can implement that covenous communist mentality to a society, then they cheer as people who have done nothing but speak out against the government have their assets stripped away. Thanks, Obama. Exactly. Uh, Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean. Thanks for keeping me aggravated. Anytime. Um, I just wanted to say, I had two comments. One was, you know, I don't, we don't mind paying taxes, but when you hear what happens with the money, it's just really ridiculous. My yeah. second point was, uh, you know, I'm ready to retire. I got a couple more years, but I can't take Pritzker. And if, if Biden or a Biden uh, 
They will. You have to get to an area that protects your Americanism. That's just, it's really that simple. I mean, I know it makes people aggravated, but it's the truth. The Democrats aren't Democrats anymore. Here's a Democrat from the 60s. There is nothing, uh, I think, uh, more unfortunate than to have uh, soft, chubby, fat-looking children who go to uh, watch uh, their school play basketball every Saturday and regard that as their week's exercise. I hope that all of you will join and everybody in the United States to make sure that our children participate fully in a vigorous and adventurous life which is possible for them in this very rich country of ours. And then when you realize that JFK, which is who that was, his tax system was the one that Reagan implemented. These aren't Democrats. These are Marxist mafia morons, corrupt through and through, walking around in $6,000 suits while you can't pay your mortgage. It's a mafia. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest, I have enjoyed his articles and his work and the spectator since the what used to be called the tea party movement in fact it was i don't know how much after that he wrote a book called the revivalist manifesto where he outlined how a revised conservative movement is essential for a national rebirth i'm curious to talk to him today his latest book is called racism revenge and ruin it's all obama he's also the publisher of the hayride which you absolutely have to check out he is Scott McKay. Scott, thank you for joining me. How are you? Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me on. I love having you on because uh, you've been doing this for a while now, and I'm going to ask you this question. In all of your years, in all of your political knowledge and nuances that you've seen, have you ever seen when two candidates went to a state and one of the candidates was the sitting president and the governor not meet him? <laughs> well, the, the, the question there is, does Gretchen Whitmer help Joe Biden, and does Joe Biden help Gretchen Whitmer? <laughs> and well, and I, the answer to that is, I don't know. But it, No, it I, is. I was talking about about Abbott in Texas today. Oh, oh okay. Well, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really understand that one. He gave, he, he that one doesn't with, make a ton of sense. He met, he met with Trump, and Joe Biden was down the street, and he said, I'm not going to go meet the president. Oh, well, I mean, I, you know, it's like this. Abbott and Biden are, I mean, at this point, those two guys are basically at war over the border, right? I mean, yeah. like, and there's, I don't think there's any middle ground here, largely because Joe Biden's not the guy in charge of his own White House. In fact, I've got a column coming out at the, at the Spectator tomorrow morning that talks about this issue, um, you know, like, because it, it in any political conventional political sense it makes absolutely no sense what the democrats are doing on the border like none you would have if you know regular ordinary joe biden kind of old school union democrat hack politician who has no principles whatsoever would have absolutely shut that border down the minute it started becoming politically toxic 
and it's not being shut down, and they're doing everything they can not to shut it down. And that tells you this is a very long-term play, and somebody who really doesn't care about Joe Biden's political future is the one making the calls, which, you know, obviously, based on my book, I'm going to say that's Barack Obama, and I don't think I'm wrong. Well, it's funny, you know, I have to watch a tremendous amount of clips and news clips, and I get them from all over, and I'm inundated with, in political season, you get campaign ads. And in virtually every one, it's Barack Obama. And at the end, all you hear is the feeble... Thanks, Obama. That's it. It's all he can pull off because he can't speak anymore. And um, this is something that is astonishing to me, but their confidence leads me to believe it's not going to matter anyway. I'm wondering what you think. Well, we don't know if the confidence is misplaced or if it's a false front because they know they're screwed. Uh, But it is creepy because the politics that you and I grew up with, right, like the the sort of rational (laughs) uh, uh, events based, you would be like you would see abject panic and they would be actively looking for someone else. You'd have people jumping into uh, primary races and all of this different stuff. And I mean, it's kind of, it's almost like the, 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 uh, you know, the scene in Braveheart where the British are, <laughs> are yeah. thundering across the field with the cavalry and William Wallace is going, hold, hold. I mean, it, it almost looks like that, except I don't see any pikes for them mm-hmm. to stick up into the horses. Like I, like, you know, I, I and I've, I've talked to a whole bunch of people who have, have expressed a similar sentiment. Like something is going on that we don't know about because none of this would make sense otherwise. Yeah, I'm a, um, I'm, I'm a longtime speculator, and I'm from Chicago. So to me, it, it's going to be exactly what we saw in 2020, and uh, the the movement of the society isn't going to matter when um, once again we turn to the only people we know in our society are pathological liars for the results of an election. That's that's where I am on everything. I mean, I've grown yeah, up. I mean, it, it makes sense that that's, that that's what's, you know, w- at least what they think they're going to be able to do. Yeah. It, that does make sense. Like, hey, we proved that we can't lose an election we don't want to lose. Exactly. And so, you know, I, I mean, and that works until it doesn't. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's well, it's certainly, it's creepy to watch. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you that. Well, there's another interesting nuance to the whole system. And that is you have arguably the most loved and the most hated politician in American history. There's no question about it. It is so it, Trump does something to people that were considered to be rational experts in their field, like Jonah Goldberg and Stephen Hayes. That is really <laughs> unbelievable to watch. He has unmoored them from every principle that they've ever yeah. had. And they would rather go down than see this guy go up. And that to me is the is the caveat that we're not we're not factoring in to the acceptance of, of outright fraud and thievery. Well, I, 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 and I don't really understand how Trump broke those guys other than, you know, these were people who had gotten very, very comfortable with the idea of being pet conservatives, right? Yeah. You know, like I'm part of the in crowd, even though I'm really kind of sort of, you know, managed opposition here. Um, you know, and I like, I guess, you know, if you take somebody's house cat and you throw them out of the house, they're going to stand by the back door and whine for a while. And that, I guess, is what's going on with the, the never Trumper crowd is, you know, they I mean, these guys, a lot of them realize and don't want to admit 
that they were on board with trashing conservatism for the 15 to 20 years before Donald Trump came along. Um, and, you know, they got put out on the back porch largely because none of their stuff worked, you know, and yeah. like a classic example of that was Kevin Williamson. Like, and this is like right before Trump came along, he wrote this noxious piece about the rednecks in Garbutt, New York, who won't get in the truck and move when their, you know, their town is dying and they should just move and get jobs somewhere. Um, and it was, you know, one of these, like, and as an economic argument, it wasn't all that bad, but as a cultural and political argument, it was like, I can't believe that we have a movement that's actually telling people that their entire life is garbage and should be, you know, yeah. upended. Like, whose votes are you going to get telling these people that? And that that is where the conservative movement had gone in on the eve of Donald Trump. And like these guys were invested in that attitude that would get you about a third of the vote. Well, what's um, Yeah. What's astonishing to me is the embrace by people who, who wave the conservative flag. I mean, these are guys, I'm a conservative and they, you know, all behind it. But the minute it was threatened to be exposed as the movement, I kind of recognized it from Illinois Republicans. I don't know how many Illinois Republicans you know, but they're really a good indicator to what's wrong with the Republican Party. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. They would rather yeah. be second fiddle to a corrupt system than destroy the corrupt system. They're the Fabians right. to the totalitarian Marxists. They, they're, they're, they're along. You know, the people are too stupid for their own freedom, but we just need to manage it better. And nobody in that system is, is a believer of me, of the individuality that the country was founded on. So I lose no matter what. I just lose at a slower speed when Republicans win. But this, right. is, this is something very interesting because they don't want Donald Trump to win so much they'd rather really lose over the next six years. Yeah, and I, you know, and, and I think their thing is, is, well, if we lose badly enough with uh, guys like Trump as the um, you know, heads of the party and of the movement, then maybe our side's going to re-inherit it, right? Which mm. I, I think I just described Nikki Haley's presidential campaign. But I think you did um, too. I, you know, like there, there, and there was always this idea among the Never Trumper crowd that, uh, well, you know, this is a passing fad. You know, it's just like this guy's a celebrity and that's why he's doing and he doesn't really have anything to say to the American people. So, you know, he's going to peter out. But the problem is, and it's, I, you know, I don't want to give Trump too, too much credit because and I, I like I wrote this all the way back in the Revivalist Manifesto. The movement mm -hmm. that Trump is the head of is older than Trump. Uh, as a politician is okay. This is a movement that, I mean, this was Reagan's movement. Okay. This was, this was Newt Gingrich's contract with America movement. It was the tea party movement. Okay. It's the populist conservative movement that has been coming back again and again and again, and has been throttled by the conservative, not really conservative, the no. Republican establishment all along. And these people think, well, we'll just throttle these people again. We'll be back in charge. The problem is, is every time this movement comes back again, it's stronger than the previous iteration. And now with Trump, where it's, you know, America first, MAGA, whatever you want to call it, 
populist conservatism that looks at how corrupt the ruling establishment in this country is and desperately wants to replace it or at least knock it down a few pegs. Yes. Um, and these guys are siding against the American people on issue after issue and like, oh, well, we're going to get the party back. No, you won't. Okay. I mean, and, and look, I say this. I was a Ted Cruz guy in 16. Okay. I mean, I came around to Trump during the general election, but, you know, I, I mean, I wanted somebody who I, I mean, because I'd been burned so many times by people who weren't actually conservative, and I thought that was Trump. And to this day, I still think that Trump is not so much a conservative as he is a, you know, radical centrist, right? Yes. Like he came along and he had things both parties were screwed up on and said, well, this is how we need to do it, whether it was the border or, you know, managing trade better with China or, or whatever. Like he was coming across with things that the American people wanted, but both parties were wrong on. And, um, I, you know, I, I didn't, I thought it was like, this is one more guy who's shining me on. Lo and behold, he kept his promises. Yeah. Or at least tried to. And well, so his credibility is so far off the charts beyond this, you know, kind of establishment ruling class, never Trumper, you know, we're the conservatives in the room, and yet you've accomplished nothing for the conservative movement or its voters. And Trump, you know, with all his flaws, has actually has a much better resume than these guys do. I'm even worse than you in the beginning. Even worse. I'll tell you what I mean. I was a Ted Cruz guy, too. And when Trump secured mm -hmm. the nomination, because I had um, known of Trump for all of the years, all of the years, all of the scandals, the Trump University, the rest of it, I said, there's no way. So when I went to vote in 16, I'm from Chicago. I know what the Duchess of Chaffington is. There's not a bigger crook in the world. But I wasn't going to vote against myself, which was I, I was certain Trump would do because he had bribed so many of the Democrats. Clinton, the Clinton sat at his family table for his wedding to Melania. He had he had right. given fifty thousand dollars to Nine Finger uh, Yakuza Rahm Emanuel and the Dailies. He Ed Burke was his lawyer in Chicago. I wasn't going to go near the guy with a ten foot pole, so I wrote not good enough. It was through him delivering fresh eyes to a corrupt system that he won me over, and he did it in two right. spots. And I'm curious to know if you think this is the reason they ha they can never afford to have him back in the office. Those two spots were arguably the most important spots. They were foreign policy which we have an entire industry in this country called the Pentagon that misappropriates yep. 50 cents out of every dollar and nobody gives a rip. In just 20 years, right. $9 trillion, they can't find it. Ah, what's the difference? And the eco-Nazi movement, which he really disrupted. So I think that's yeah. the reason he'll never go back in, because the Leviathan, and when I say this, I mean the Mitt Romney Republicans, the Mitch McConnell Republicans, they make money on both of those entities. They want them running on all cylinders. What do you think? No, I think that's right. Um, I, I think a second term of Trump uh, cements the America First agenda as the future of the party, um, and and these guys are going to have to, you know, either make their peace with it or <laughs> go somewhere else because they really are not going. I mean, like at that point, America First does become the Republican establishment over the next four years. Really, because all the best politicians coming up that are that are starting to um, or, or would begin to, to, to enter the fray in 2028, they're all America first, too. OK, like Nikki Haley is kind of the last gasp of the Bush Republicans. Um, I, I, so I, like we're, we're going to get to the point where we should have been with 
uh, Reagan in 88, where, you know, now you've got a guy and he's got a lasting legacy and the country needs to be run the way, you know, the way he wanted to run it. The Bushes tore down Reagan's legacy. You're, it'd be very yeah. hard to tear down the America first thing if Trump goes back in. So, like, none of them want that. And then, you know, from a, from a left-wing perspective, you've got a guy that you burned in 2020, okay? Whether it was Fauci and COVID or the George Floyd stuff or the Hunter Biden laptop stuff or the impeachments. or all, Like, this guy got a graduate level you know, PhD level education of just how noxious the swamp in DC is. And he knows where the bodies are buried now. So if he goes in like day one, it gets very dangerous for these guys. And so the stakes could not be higher for them. And I'm talking about the left. I'm also talking about the, the establishment Republican crowd. Like this is a real problem because if he were to be the president for the next four years, He's got nothing to lose but to get revenge on these people. And that's why you see particularly these Democrats on and on and on about, oh, this is Hitler and this is a dictator. I'll tell you what they're trying to do. They're trying to gin up every James Hodgkinson they can find. The Hodgkinson was the guy who shot up the Republican baseball yeah. team, congressional baseball team and damn near killed Steve Scalise. Yes. They're trying to gin up every James Hodgkinson they can find to chase Trump around with rifles. I agree That's with you. what they want to see, because the lawfare thing is clearly not working, and everything else is a disaster. I mean, if you're looking at uh, I, I, this morning, I saw the morning consult polls in all seven of the swing states, and Trump is up at least four in six of the seven. He's up two in one of them, and like everything else is four, six, or eight points. That he's yeah. beaten Biden. And that's a head-to-head poll. This doesn't count the third-party candidates like, you know, West and, and RFK Jr. and some of these other guys, all of whom pull from Biden and not Trump. So, right. like, when you have RFK Jr. and he's going to do 7, 8, 10 percent of the vote in a place like Michigan, Biden's not within 10 points of Trump. Right. Okay? And that is a real problem because, yeah, they may think they can fix an election, but you got to be close to fix an election. Like, you got to be within three or four points or else it's, like, patently obvious what you've done. And you can't, you can't hide it. Yeah. If you're getting beat 48 to 34 and all of a sudden Well, that's the you, kind of margin Oh, yeah, Biden won. We're going to need that margin because I think the last one was so ridiculously scandalous. But the way that I think, that's right. you know, it's, it's interesting – to think about how a businessman thinks. And this is something that I don't think politicians understand. And that's why I think the wild card is still out there. And I might be wrong, but I like to speculate. And the way to really grab the populace of this country, the the disenfranchised, um, old-fashioned liberal, the Kennedy Democrat, the way to grab him, I don't think is is to move with inside this corrupt Fabian party called Republicans. I think if Donald Trump were to grab Tulsi Gabbard, it would be over with. I really do. Because like him, to a certain extent, she's more angry with the corruption inside the bureaucracy than she is the particular party. And that is something I think a lot of people who never voted for a Bush, hated George Bush, hated the Leviathan, uh, the weapons of mass deception and the rest of it. I think they would gravitate then and say, OK, I think I can go, I can pull the lever for him. What do you think? 
Well, I think there's some I think there's some value in a Tulsi Gabbard. I'm you know, I get concerned. You know, Trump's seventy seven, so your vice president is is maybe more relevant than uh than maybe in some previous things. Um and if uh, you've got somebody in Gabbard who, I mean, she's not a conservative, okay? No. I mean, she's I, she's got some good stuff to her, but, like, I don't trust her on the climate change stuff. And I don't, like, you know. Um, so I, she may be too attractive for these guys to pass up. Um, I, you know, I, but I say that I'm a Byron Donalds guy. I, I think Byron Donalds is, like, my the best VP candidate ever. He's my congressman. I've had the pleasure of talking to him. He's he's a wonderful yeah, he's human awesome. being. There's no I, question. I, I fell in love with Byron Donalds when, uh, when when I can't remember exactly what it was. One of these reporters is like, "Well, aren't you afraid of you know something?" And the, yeah. he turns around, and he looks at, him, he says, "I'm six foot two, two hundred seventy pounds. There's not that much I'm afraid of." <laughs> that was no, like the best thing. I agree uh, he, with like he's got some swagger. The guy is unapologetic. He's a unbelievably articulate, speak an eloquent speaker. I mean, I, I just think that guy's he's perfect, absolutely well, it, perfect. And he's young. We need we need younger people uh, to move ahead in this deal. So no, I, 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 I'm a big fan, but I'm also I really want somebody who understands the corruption and the and the danger in 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 an entity that loses 50 cents out of every dollar and nobody questions. I really want to tear down the foreign policy if, system of this country. I really do. If, and, if you want to make Tulsi Gabbard the defense secretary in the second Trump administration, I can live with that. All right. I because, think that'd be kind of fun. You know, nobody's talking about it, and I haven't had time to talk about it. I mean, uh, you're talking about Putin in, the, in a stage in front of his government, in front of his citizens and his representatives, talking openly about nuclear war. This is not something that we thought we had to be concerned with after the fall of the Soviet Union, but it's real. And the fact that you have the EU, and we already know, we're sending guys there, Blackwater, mercenaries, they're there, they've been there. They wiped out a generation. They're lying about the statistics between the former Soviet Union called Ukraine and Russia. I'm sick and tired of that. I think the vast majority of Americans don't want one dollar, and I don't think they, I know, they certainly don't want one life to go there. And uh, I, if we don't put an end to this and demand diplomacy, I think we could very easily slip into exactly the kind of chaos that the Federal Reserve and the American government needs to sweep a lot of things under the rug, and that's a war with Russia. Do you think there's any validity yeah, I, to that? I, I, I don't disagree with you, and I think that the loud, rude questions that need to be asked like immediately and consistently of this presidential administration are, what is your exit strategy in Ukraine? What does it look like? What does victory look like? How are you going to win this thing? Because if the answer is, well, Ukraine's going to take Crimea and the Donbass back and restore the, you know, uh, uh, pre-2014 borders, then you need to get rid of these people right freaking now. Don't you realize the people of Crimea uh, at a plebiscite said they wanted to be Russians? Yeah. Okay. What are we fighting for? Like, and, and I'm open to a to an argument that is cogent and makes sense that it's better to keep this going until X objective, which is achievable, can be met as opposed to we're going to continue to watch 
tens of thousands of Ukrainians get killed for nothing. Right? The whole thing, the whole thing we know been- that the war will end at the peace table anyway. This is the thing that's yeah. amazing to me. We've known for a year and a half, two years now, that this thing was ultimately going to have to be a negotiated, uh, a negotiated peace. So if it's I mean, if, it, if there's not a breakaway win for one side or the other, all right, then why are you not at the peace table? Scott, like, I'm going to tell you something. It, it's pure practicality here, and the fact I, that it's not tells you the agenda is a lot more sinister than it's being presented. I know this is rare for an interview, but I feel like you and I are friends. We could have a cigar together. I think if you watch the 60 Minutes interview in 1998 with George Soros and Croft, I think I think you'll agree with me a lot after you watch that interview. Hey, do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, vaguely. Watch I'm it. sure I've seen it, but I don't I'm sure you did in 1990. I know you did in 1998. Watch it again, because it's in that interview you see the the tracks of what we are now uh, funding to the uh, Kiev Rolls-Royce dealership that they were laid with George Soros, who was in bed back then with Joe Biden. You will love it, I promise. And if not, I'll give you a cigar and a steak. All right? Fair enough. Okay. Thank you. He is Scott McKay. I will accept your invitation. Wonderful. And you can meet Byron Donalds. I'll see if he can meet us for the cigar. In the meantime, thank you very much for making time for me, but more importantly, for everything you do at the Hayride and everything you do on a daily basis. I appreciate it. Hey, Sean, thanks a lot. Have a good one. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. You know, Squirrel, I think, therefore I am. When I said earlier that this entire government needs an enema, I'm going to tell you why. This story isn't going to sound like much. An American woman originally from Los Angeles was killed in Tulum, Mexico this weekend after getting caught in the crossfire of an apparent shootout between rival drug gangs. Gunfire erupted at the Mia Beach restaurant in Tulum around 7 p.m. as two gangs battled for control of drug sales in the eastern Mexican city. The 44-year-old woman has been identified as Nico Honorbach, an American living in Cancun. This death comes during a time of heightened drug violence in the city. Hello. She's now living in Cancun, or she was living in Cancun. If you take a look at her, Squirrel, she looks like she worked at the Palomino Club in the 90s. Doll, big, blonde, voluptuous. Come to find out her husband lives in Beverly Hills. Now, when you take this into account, I want you to understand something. A, a DEA agent, drug enforcement agent, the salary isn't much, Squirrel, between 38 $1,900 and $58,300 if a DEA agent is what they call a special agent. He makes between 94000 and 156000 a year. Her husband was a DEA agent. He had a home in Beverly Hills and a condo in Cancun. How did that happen? It's a mathematical impossibility. Maybe he was an heiress to the Hyatt fortune. Just something to think about. John and Garfield Ridge. Sean, good evening, brother. How you doing? Wonderful. How are you? Good, good. You know, I don't know what's going to happen in November. I tell you, you know. Uh, You're going to get robbed people. like you were that lady on the northwest side, only without the theatrics. Hey, 
Yeah, the DRBs. Now that's the Democrat rat bastards. Are gonna they're gonna have to hire a whole hell of a lot more than two thousand mules if they're gonna do it though, Sean. That's well, they insane. no, they just secured a victory. They hired Ronna McDaniel's. After all, nobody's beat the Republicans more successfully over the last few years. She's the head of the DNC now. <laughs> you right. know, uh, anyways, you know, Donald Trump called the family of Lake and Riley. Uh, I see on the on the media, they're all asking, you know, when Joe Biden is going to even mention her name. Now, they need to remind themselves that this is the same scumbag that didn't even have the audacity, the humility to mention the name of his beautiful five-year-old granddaughter, Sean. You know, I mean, and the more I think of it, I don't even want him to mention her name, you know, uh, Lake and Riley's. I don't want her no, beautiful name. No, I don't want him to say her name either. Don't say his name. Don't say her name. You're not good enough to say her name. And that's the difference. That's the point Great. you're on. But he'll say that low-life scumbag who has a rap sheet the size of your arm, who is a, thank God he's dead, George Floyd. Thank God he's dead. And the fact he was a robber passing counterfeit money. Prior to that, he was a rapist. Then he held a knife to a pregnant woman's belly, threatened to cut the, the baby out if she didn't give him her purse. Piece of dung. He, you know what? They, they belong together. I think it's great. I want all the Democrats to all live together. The sad thing, I feel, is for the decent people trapped in Democrat areas. Police are looking for three men who got out of a black sedan and robbed a 53-year-old woman on the 2000 block of North Avers this morning, just before 5.30. Offenders demanded her property. The woman- you don't have to go through the theatrics of being robbed by the CPS honor roll students. What about the decent people that pay taxes? Median income in Dalton. Median income in Dalton, 24000 Yet what's the, the whore mayor make? Well, suburbs are scratching their heads tonight after Dalton Mayor and Thornton Township Supervisor Tiffany Henyard promised a million-dollar giveaway, which turned out to be public funds. Henyard posted a message on her personal Facebook page earlier this week asking people to tune in to a live Facebook broadcast last evening for an announcement that she said could change their lives. A million-dollar giveaway in honor of Black History Month. Well, it turns out the million dollars is part of the general assistance fund administered by Thornton Township, which is used for food pantry, senior services, and other social programs. But Henyard did spend much of the 75-minute speech criticizing her media coverage. It's a shame that you do get dragged um, in the media um, for things people just say, hearsay. And I just wish that people would say Black History Month, black people get robbed. Robbed by black politicians. They're underserved by black prosecutors who allow the criminals to not only roam the streets, but they're protected by the government. So the decent black people are turned into victims. And in the meantime, they're not educated on the fact that long before these Democrat whores started robbing them in this new millennium, black people didn't need government to do anything. They just needed the freedom to be able to do everything. Percy Levangelian was an American research chemist of African descent. Born April 11, 1899 in Montgomery, Alabama, and died Waukegan, Illinois, April 19, 1975. Percy L. Julian was a pioneer in the chemical synthesis of medicinal drugs from plants. He was also a pioneer in the industrial large-scale chemical synthesis of human hormones, steroids, progesterone, and testosterone from plant sterols called stigmasterol and cytosterol. 
His work laid the foundation for the steroid drug industry's production of cortisone and birth control pills. Did it all without affirmative action, all without grants, all without student loans handed to him for his vote. He did it all by himself. He didn't need the government to do jack. And the irony is the government made a fortune on him. You know why, Squirrel? He was worth a tremendous amount of money at the time of his death. And at the time he started making money, the tax system took about 70% of his earnings. That's what the government has done for not just black people, but all successful people. They keep you nice and humble so you don't realize we don't have any of the principles that this country was founded on. Steve in Alcorn. Hey, Sean. I just wanted to uh, call for the first time and say that I listen to you every day. You crack me up. Oh, thank you. The conversations you have are unbelievable, and I would kill to have your brain. Oh, believe! I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how yeah. you can just discuss every com- every subject so quickly, oh. and so intensely, and I, it's just a pleasure to listen to you. Oh, brother, you made my day, and, you, and it took me about forty-five years to figure out which voice in my head to listen to. Thank you. You get a shirt. Hold on, Steve. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. Nicely done, squirrel. On the rumble chat, Democrat scum will not be tolerated. You see, I know what you did to my country. A majority of Biden's executive orders revolve around immigration, DACA protections, reinstated, travel ban to seven Muslim-majority countries, lifted, expansion of immigration enforcement, stopped, construction of the border wall, halted, deferrals of deportations for Liberians, extended, an order excluding undocumented immigrants from the census, rescinded. So anybody... That voted for this dimwit in diapers, this low-life, wretched piece of garbage that's not just responsible for 130,000 deaths and the massive amounts of billions made by the scum third-world cartel members, but is responsible for Lake and Riley's death. Your opinion on anything means nothing. Go stand in the corner with your fat spouse and your stupidity. Wallow with a dunce cap on your head. Don't come on my rumble, champ, and don't come on my show. You're nothing. You're less than nothing. You're a Democrat. Matt, Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. I just want to tell you, run a quick story this morning. CBRE bought a building in Chicago on North Avenue in Halstead, approximately. Uh, $74 million back in 2007. It just sold for less than $30 million. Now, did you say CB Richard Ellis? Yeah, so I had no, no... no, no tears shed for those people. Oh, well, here, that's, that's, that's Diane Feinstein's uh, husband. May he burn in hell alongside of her. He's the, he's the B in CB Richard Ellis. They've been doing inside right. government skullduggery with the Chinese communists and other oligarchs around the country for decades. That's how I see it. Now, I'm not incriminating everybody that works there. I'm just incriminating the B in CB Richard Ellis. Yeah, good for them. Thank you, Matt, for cheering me up. I appreciate that. In the meantime, I feel bad for the... Other Chicagoans, like the ones who own homes and buildings and who have done the right thing, Corey and Woodlawn comes to mind, always being violated, overtaxed, and persecuted because he doesn't want to be an asset to the, the gangster Democrats. Rich in Indian Head Park, I've been thinking about you for days. How are you, kid? <laughs> hey, Sean, how you doing? How aggravating was, was that story with the uh, professor 
about I, Vietnam. The whole day was aggravated. I could tell by the way uh, the way you were talking about everything. Did you take your uh, Did you take your drink today? Your, uh, oh, come on, 120 life. I got it on an IV. I'm going to go do push-ups now. No kidding, because your blood pressure had to be really high. Nah, but anyway, you... what I wanted to say is, um, a few of your uh, listeners uh, already answered, and you answered uh, what I wanted to ask you. If Biden never addressed the uh, Lincoln uh, Riley uh, uh, murder, which he didn't. Rich, I'm and against the there... clock. I love you. You got to call me yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll give you a call tomorrow and ask you about he, some Thank you, other brother. I love All you. Right. You know that. Thank you. He's not good enough to say her name. None of them are. They're the ones who were assistants in the murder of her. We'll be back tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.